Hey everybody, it's Leslie, back again for another episode of 20 Minute Fitness. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for stopping by. We always love new listeners. And if you didn't know, the 20 Minute Fitness podcast is produced every Thursday for your enjoyment, and our show notes are found at www.20minute.fitness. Also, make sure to rate and review this podcast as it helps us out a lot. And we also have a great summer giveaway going on for anyone who reviews this podcast and sends a screenshot of their review to podcast at 20minute.fitness. If you send your review over to that email, then you'll be entered to win a $1,300 grand prize, um, including um, amazing contributions from brands like Roan Fitness Apparel, um, Oliver's Fitness Apparel, um, Whoop Fitness Tracking, Crave Jerky, Gainful Protein, Hydroflask, some really amazing brands, and it's valued at over $1,300, and it's the easiest way to enter. Uh, Just send a screenshot of your review, and there you go. We'll be announcing our winners on August 5th, so you'll be hearing from us pretty soon. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into the show. On this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness, we have a very exciting guest, Jen Zerling, also known by her nickname, Jay-Z. She is the author of the book, Breaking the Chains of Obesity, 107 Tools, and she is an age management expert. She's the founder of Jay-Z Fitness and the director of fitness programming for Matthew McConaughey's nonprofit foundation, Just Keep Living. And we had the pleasure of sitting down with Jay-Z and talking to her about the difference between getting older and aging well. Jay-Z has a ton of amazing tips and also great advice on how we can all age better. She also has a fantastic podcast called Fit Because. A link to that will be included in our show notes and the description of this episode, of course. So without further ado, let's get into our talk with Jay-Z. Hello, everyone. So we are joined today by uh, Jen Zerling, also known as Jay-Z, and she's here to talk to us a little bit about the difference between aging well and getting older and some of the amazing things that she has on the go, um, both as a personal trainer and somebody who has just this immense background in health and fitness. So um, welcome, Jen. Um, So first off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what started your fitness and health journey? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for having me on. It's such an honor and pleasure to be a part of your podcast. I got into fitness um, way back in the day, and this is a perfect subject because I do want to age myself. I just turned 40 this year, and um, way back in the day when I was a little girl, my father really pushed the idea of being active and being into sports. So we've always been into athletics our entire childhood, and that brought me into going to the gym um, in my teenage years, and I just never gave up working out in general. My diet was never, ever good growing up. <laughs> it was actually atrocious. <laughs> I had to learn that over the last, I would say, 15 years of my career. And, um, you know, I after I graduated from college, I ended up uh, falling into a personal training position, you know, my last year of college. And then that, you know, was this beginning of this amazing journey I've been on over the last 21 years, um, you know, just to kind of keep it short. I went from personal trainer. I ended up going back for a master's degree in kinesiology um, because my undergraduate degree was in communication um, and psychology. And uh, from there, I just ended up getting one certification after the next, including multiple nutrition certifications. 
And after I graduated, I ended up falling in love with the idea of working with the obese population, which landed me my first clinical position working in uh, medical weight loss. So that took my career to a whole different level because I actually come from a family of obesity and I know a lot of people who struggle with obesity and overweight. And uh, that actually gave me the opportunity to really understand the psychology and also the how-tos of getting people through a journey that's been really challenging virtually their whole life for some people. Um, and some people, you know, recently maybe pre uh, or postmenopausal, postandropausal, um, and then after that, I ended up going into age management medicine. So the, the last 10 to 11 years has positioned me more as an age management expert because of my clinical rotations with physicians who not only work with obesity, but they work with people with hormone replacement therapy and understanding how the aging process affects everything cardiovascularly with their fitness, with their, you know, cellular health and just you know, all the layers underneath, um, beyond my training backgrounds. So, you know, now I actually also do a lot of nutrition coaching, um, because of my 11 years of experience working, uh, in age management and medical weight loss. Right. So as someone who has just this immense background in health and fitness, um, and you also have this amazing grasp on the difference between again, aging well versus getting older, do you mind expanding on how someone could age well besides just getting older? Absolutely. And that's a great question because there's such a stigma in our society that, you know, you're going to get old and it's such a bad thing. And if you notice, like the first sentence of this interview, I told everybody, you know, now it's on documentation that I'm 40 years old. So, <laughs> you know, and a lot of women are like, don't ask me my age. I, I don't want to tell you my age. I mean, everybody hides behind the idea that, you know, they're getting quote unquote older. But honestly, we really need to change our attitude about this because getting older, if you think that way, yes, you are going to break down. You're going to, you know, psychologically be down in the dumps and it's just going to be a whole different road that you choose to take. Aging well is really not rocket science. And I think that the very first thing people need to understand is the difference between chronological age, which is the number that you are, and what's called plasticity of age, how your cells age, mm -hmm. you know from deep down your organs, your, you know, your skin, like every little layer in your body. And you could actually retard the progression of cellular aging just by the way you live your life. Yeah. And that is so empowering to know that you could actually stop, not stop a hundred percent, but slow down the opportunity of feeling achy and feeling old. So I think that also as we age, if we take on a different role and kind of say to ourselves, wow, you know, if I could look back 10 years ago and say to myself, do I really want to be 10 years younger? I mean, I remember when I was 30, I was so scared. I'm like, oh my God, right, right. I mean, I don't know how old you are. You look like you're very young to me. <laughs> but I mean, I would never want to be 30 again. I would never even want to be 25 again. And even though I had like some of the best years of my life when I was younger and partying and doing all that fun stuff, I just remember the self-doubt. I remember wanting to be something else. I remember thinking I wasn't enough. I just remember like so many negative things associated with, you know, trying to fit in and figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. And I just started realizing, wow, it's like cheese and wine. You know, the, the older you get, the, the, the better you taste, you know, <laughs> the more character you develop. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we really need to realize that as we age, we our perceptions improve, our experiences expand, we become teachers to people who are younger than us. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a lot of self-empowerment that goes behind having years on your belt. So it's what you do with those years that make a big difference. Right. And I think that's such a refreshing view of the way that we um, kind of perceive age. And um, I feel like right now, and especially within like the past few decades, being young has kind of been um, really deified in um, the eyes of the media. And that's like everybody's only goal is to be younger. But I think that there's a lot of um, wisdom and um, a lot of benefit that comes to age as well. So what would you recommend to be the top area that people change in order to age better? I think the number one thing is uh, people's attitude and their willingness. Okay. Your attitude is the number one thing that needs to shift because I, you know, just turned 40 and all in my thirties when my husband was, you know, in chiropractic school, they're like, Oh, the time is ticking. And I know you're an entrepreneur. Do you want to be a parent? And there's just so many like expectations that are placed on us. And are you going to freeze your eggs? You're older. And, you know, luckily, and we are blessed that we're going to have our first child in three weeks. Oh, and yeah, thank you. And, you know, I did it organically and I just did it because I take extremely good care of my body and my mind and nothing's impossible. So, you know, I always said all these years, it's my attitude is I'm not going to do the egg freezing and there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. I, for myself, our journey, the two of us that you know, as long as you take really good care of the person you are and you have the attitude of nothing's going to stop me and nothing's going to cause me to go down that negative road of getting older, Mm -hmm. then really, you know, we just have to have better faith and trust in faith that everything's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and trust in ourselves as a result of having that trust in some bigger power that governs our lives. Right. Right. So in another interview um, that I heard, um, you mentioned that uh, the three components that help you feel younger, um, which is having proper a proper nutritional diet, um, moving daily, and stressing less. So I've heard the first two before, but I'm curious to hear your take on the ways that stress can age the body and what are ways that we can prevent that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they all three tie into each other. Now, I want to actually bring up with movement, there's two major pumps in the body, Leslie. Mm-hmm. One is the heart. Do you know what the second pump is? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. Okay. No one knows. Everyone, <laughs> no, everyone gets stumped. But the biggest pump in your body are your legs. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's a manual pump. So every time you move, every time you walk, you are sending blood back to the heart, back to your lungs, back to all aspects of your body. So circulation is the number one thing you must and forever do to age well. Mm -hmm. And it's not just going to the gym for an hour, but it's avoiding seated postures for longer than 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and getting your body to move so that your cells are alive. Mm -hmm. If you sit all day long, you are going to age quick. Mm -hmm. You have to circulate the blood. With nutrition, it's the fuel you put in the gas tank, but also with what you choose to eat is going to indicate how much stress your body experiences acutely. So there's a lot of stuff on inflammation, or at least that's what um, you know media is pushing is, oh, anti-inflammatory diet. Mm-hmm. And all that means is really diving deep. And this is what I do with my private nutrition clients is understanding what that even means what foods drive inflammation, what foods are anti-inflammatory and creating an environment within through our nutrition as part of the um, equation so that we ultimately don't age our body through chronic inflammatory um, cycles. So, you know, going to your last question about, well, how do we decrease stress? Mm -hmm. 
need to circulate our blood because we're sending nutrients to our body. Our mind is functioning. You know, the pumps are working. Mm -hmm. Your your cells are jumping for joy. And if you have billions of cells jumping for joy, then your mood is going to expand. And when you put the right fuel in the gas tank through good nutrition, you're not going to have those highs and lows with high insulin spikes and low sugar crashes. Mm -hmm. Now, to that point, There's also mental and emotional, and that's, you know, we have a podcast called Fit Because, I was telling you earlier, really, really target how to address the mental and emotional and spiritual stuff that people tend to struggle with. And one thing that people really need to look at is how to really set their own boundaries, understanding what people's vision is of themselves, and just getting to a place of uncluttering and really providing their mental and emotional space so that they can truly live the the purposeful life that they choose. Mm -hmm. And that's my entire first chapter of breaking the chains of obesity is uncluttering your life. If somebody's feeling stressed, that's the very first step is to, you know, press the pause button and say, you know, why am I stressed? What's going on in my mind? You know, what's holding me back from feeling calm and connected? And, you know, a lot of times it's just too many people take a lot on their rhetorical plate. They overwhelm themselves with high expectations, low output, and therefore, you know, low self-esteem and just low uh, validation of their ability to be better than what they are. Right. And I'm also interested, I'm wondering if you could um, provide us a little bit more um, uh, info about, you mentioned um, setting boundaries and um, how that is kind of a cornerstone in um, moving forward. Uh, with a fitness journey. Do you mind expanding on that? Absolutely. So, you know, let's take, for example, parents. Okay. A lot of people will say to me, oh, wait until you're a parent. You're going to have no time to go to the gym. You're going to have no time for yourself. And I say to them, you know, that's really a shame that you feel that way because I want to be someone who provides um, leadership to you to prove that that is not true. When my daughter is born, It is so important to me that she learns from her mother that you never let go of yourself ever. And it's not selfish. I'm not going to basically say, oh, okay, honey, I know you need mommy to help you with something, but I need to run to my class. So hold that thought and I'll be right. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're, we're more talking about, you know, arranging with your spouse or whoever, whatever partnerships you've created in your life. And if you haven't, well, maybe that's a place to start. But, you know, my partner and I, we're very clear on what's going to happen, you know, and we can't plan everything. There's going to be things that come up and I'm very, you know, clear about that. But we're very clear on the fact that we really need to keep our independence in order to be true to each other and in order to be the best possible parents to our child. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of parents, what they do is they say, I have no time for me. And guess what? Your children feel that vibration. It, while your children may appreciate you, they're concerned about you. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm not going to mention names or anything else, but I mean, there's people in my life who, you know, their whole lives have been committed to their children and now they're the victims and now they're suffering and is the most painful thing for a child to see their parents suffer from ailments that have been brought on over the years because now they're older, now their body's not resilient. Mm -hmm. And now the children end up taking care of the parent when all along the parent thought that they were taking care of the child by sacrificing their health, their mental health and their spiritual health. Right. It's kind of like the diagram that you see on airplanes where you have to put the air oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the child type of thing. (laughs) Bingo. Because if you asphyxiate, you're worthless, right? Right. So (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's it, but we have to learn how to do that. So how does one set boundaries when you're feeling overwhelmed? Don't wait until you break down and get sick and say, wow, now I really have to take care of myself. You need to press the pause button. Literally. Like mm-hmm. I'm stressed out today. What am I missing for me? Mm-hmm. And say, wow. I need to move more. Well, maybe I bring my child with me going back to that analogy. Maybe I go on a walk with my child and I learn about her or his day from school during a walk. Maybe I say, mommy needs to take a little times out. And I go outside of my house for like 10 minutes just to breathe the fresh air because I haven't been outside all day. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I arrange with my partner, Hey honey, I'm going to go to the gym for 20 minutes. Is that okay? You know, and then your partner might say, go for an hour. I got this. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to move forward and get rid of the guilt, get rid of the shame and just take care of yourself because you are going to be able to be a better parent and a better person in all your relationships if that self-love is established first. Right. Well, thank you for um, all of that was um, very powerful. Thank you. Um, Welcome. Yeah. So in your book that you mentioned before, um, Breaking the Chains of Obesity, um, it's meant uh, to help people break their genetic chains and help learn new behaviors to override the old ones. Um, So what are some key components of breaking uh, their genetic chains? Great question. Um, I wrote this book because I come from a family of obesity, like I mentioned earlier. And, you know, people say, well, my whole family's overweight. So that's why I'm overweight. And, you know, that that's actually a very true statement. But Mm -hmm. I am the living proof that you could actually turn off the genetic switches associated with any disease. Mm-hmm. And that's the coolest thing. I mean, if I had the time and you know the desire, which maybe one of these days I will, I would actually go back for a PhD in what's called epigenetics. Mm-hmm. It's a whole science on, you know, your genes have switches like light switches. So your behavior will either turn on the genetic switch or keep it off. And with the obesity gene, which I tested positive for, I have turned off that gene most of the time over the last 15 to 20 years. I've never been obese myself because I've been, you know, very, very active, Mm -hmm. but I had 25 pounds on me more than what I had before my pregnancy. And even with this pregnancy, which blows my mind, I've only gained 19 pounds. Yeah. So, you know, you look at this really fit person and everyone's so confused. They're like, wait, you're only, you're 37 weeks pregnant. Like you're so lean. And I'm like, well, I took care of myself before I got pregos. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not, but it took a lot of commitment. So, you know, if somebody has diabetes in their family history or cancer or anything, you have to say to yourself, do I want this disease? And if the answer is no, you could actually turn off that genetic expression and really almost not get that disease. Wow. So you're also a big supporter of understanding, you know, your genetics and also of companies like uh, Calogenics, um, which is a company that will decode your DNA so you can better understand your health. So what are the benefits of decoding your DNA and what can you get out of understanding your DNA? Well, you could first get a lot of appreciation of your DNA. You know, if people uh, call Calogenics, I would be able to hop on a call with you and, you know, interpret your labs because it's just so exhilarating for me to to do that. But basically, I'll give you three examples of what they found in my genes. You know, I had the obesity gene, which I had a feeling I had because, you know, for me, if I eat poorly for a whole week, I gain weight very easily. 
Um, but I also have the gene associating with what's, what's called eating disinhibition. So you could feed me an entire feast of food. And then if you put a slice of carrot cake in front of me, then guess what? Jay-Z is going to eat that cake without, <laughs> okay. And I literally cannot stop myself. And that's because eating disinhibition, if you see something that stimulates the dopamine receptors in the brain, if you have that gene, then you don't have that, those parameters to say, oh, I already ate. Maybe I'll have that another time. You're going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The animal that comes out in us. Um, and then another one that really blew my mind is I had the tendency to get what's called Achilles tendinopathies. So you could actually overstrain your Achilles tendon. And right away I went up to my bedroom and I threw out all of my stiletto heels. <laughs> so, you know, and everybody probably girls listening are like, Oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I got these cute platform shoes. I still look hot. You know, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you don't, with, with the stilettos, if I'm going to have those micro movements with every step I take and I strain my Achilles and I can't go to the gym and run, then it's like, that's a bigger disaster to me than not wearing my stilettos. Right. So <laughs> you get to find out some really gnarly stuff when you learn about your genetics. And they do have stuff about like what nutrients you might be deficient in genetically, um, you know, what foods serve you better, what exercise programs serve you better. So it's a very beneficial assessment to take. Right. So what advice would you give to somebody who is just starting out on their fitness journey? I think um, the very first step is to set realistic goals for yourself. Okay. You know, what am I willing to do? Okay. Because I think that a lot of people who start out in fitness, who've never been fit before, they think that they have to spend hours and hours in a gym. And that's really not the case. You know, you might just start walking around the block every single day for 10 to 20 minutes. And, you know, especially for people who are overweight, where, it's very challenging to break a sweat and it's very uncomfortable. Just movement is a very good start stretching, maybe just getting out of a chair more often for the first week. Mm -hmm. And I would actually recommend trying at least three different programs and just seeing which program works. And if none of them work, then keep trying different programs. Our fitness industry is so saturated with a million different options that you know, if you try different things and do your best with everything and not put expectations on your overall outcome of performance, then you're going to eventually find your niche. And, you know, anything is better than not doing anything at all. And, you know, once you get that established base aerobic capacity, then at that point, you can get more creative with, okay, now I want to build my muscles. Now I want to, you know, in increase my, um, you know, my VO2 max, which is a whole different conversation. But just get started, set realistic goals, and I think you should try a bunch of things and maybe even get a friend on board, you know, grab a friend who also has that same, you know, goal of getting more fit. My mother, she's doing a great job. She told one of the teachers at her school, she's a guidance counselor, she said, hey, I want to get fit. So why don't we every Tuesday, Thursday, go to the school gym and work out no matter what, no matter how tired we are, no matter how busy we are. And they've been doing that for the last four months. So having a partner in crime is kind of a good start, too. Yeah, for sure. and. Um, you were also mentioning to me before um, that you actually have a um, really amazing app out. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, it's called Jay-Z Fitness Nutrition. So my initials, Jay-Z Fitness Nutrition. And I developed that because when I wrote my book, Breaking the Chains of Obesity, there's not a lot of nutrition guidance in the book. I mean, there's, I touch upon certain things, um, but with the app, what I learned is, you know, a lot of people were hiring me for nutrition coaching because they were coming off of these other apps, which are not bad apps, 
but they were getting very confused because this app says I'm low on my fats, I'm low on my carbs, I'm high on my protein or, you know, and they just didn't really know how to put that into practice. Mm -hmm. I oversimplified um, optimal nutrition. I broke it down into which carbs are better than others. Obviously the processed carbs should not really be in our plan, but which carbs drive blood sugars, which carbs don't as much, how to couple carbs with proteins and fats, which proteins and fats are best. So once you learn the app, you're actually entering in and you're really looking to understand, Hey, do I have that macro nutrient balance in a meal. You're looking at your plate saying, there's my carb, there's my fat, there's my protein. Okay. How do I feel after that meal? And then at the end of every day that you enter your data, you actually have a summary of, you know, suggestions that I make that are basic, very basic. I feel like we go way far away from basics and we get too complex and then people just quit the app and they end up, you know, not doing anything at all. So I think once we establish basic nutrition, I think at that point people can get a better grasp and feel better, you know, within like a few days. Right. So you've got an app, you've got a book, you've got a podcast, you're just everywhere. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Jay-Z, thank you so much for um, joining us um, for this week's episode. Um, and where can people find you across social media? So on Instagram, it's Jay-Z Fitness Nutrition. On uh, Facebook, it's Jay-Z Fitness. And then on Twitter, Jay-Z underscore fitness. And then my website is jayzfitness.com. Awesome. Well, be sure to uh, give her a follow, you guys. And thank you so much again. You're the best. Thank you, Leslie. Keep up the great work. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at shape underscore scale to share your ideas on what we should cover next and find us on Instagram at shapescale. Again, thank you so much to Jay-Z for being such an amazing guest. If you're looking to find out more about her book, Breaking the Chains of Obesity, and her podcast, Fit Because, you can find both of those links in our description and also in our show notes. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and I hope to see you back here next week. Bye.